Words from the Hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. What a great privilege to be worshiping together in the house of God this morning. And uh, this morning we're just going to go into a few scripture and the, the message this morning is a perfect offering. A perfect offering. We read in the book of, we read in the book of Hebrews where read in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4 where Abel brought an offering. The Bible says by faith Abel gave a more excellent offering and his offering was accepted by God. Uh, so what was it about Abel's offering that was made it to be accepted? And then we read in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 19 it says let none of you be a fornicator like Esau who for a morsel of bread gave his bed right. So these were the two children of our ancestors. One was Cain and Abel. Cain gave an offering. His offering was rejected. Abel gave an offering. His offering was accepted. We come again to Isaac and, sorry, we came again to Jacob and Esau. No, Jacob and, what's Jacob's brother? Oh, I got it the first time. When you stand in front of people, right, you can lose your lines. You know, so my wife was just busy hailing me when she saw me on the video. Uh, she liked my babariga. She said, no, Hadiza, she was watching online. So she said, my, she sent me a WhatsApp message. This is your babariga, he choke. I knew. <laughs> I was wondering what that, who is he choking? <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> How does he choke anyone? <laughs> <laughs> Some things I don't understand. <laughs> Abel gave an offering. He was accepted. Now we'll come to Jacob who gave an offering. Jacob's offering seemed to be accepted while Esau's, Esau was now being called a fornicator. We don't have any record that Esau was sleeping around. So his fornication was probably because he was a profane person who did not regard his birthright. It seemed like his offering to God was not accepted. So God called him fornicator or profane person. So this actually, so what makes your offering to be accepted? So let's start to this morning from Psalms chapter 5, verse 9 to 15. It says, I will not take a bull from your house, nor goats out of your folds. For every, every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the mountain and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine, and all is fullness. Will I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Offer to the Lord thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. Call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. The first thing we have to realize when we come before God is the biggest offering we can ever offer God is the perfect view of God by revelation. If you see God as a wicked God, that will be a defiled offering. And if you see God as a, as a bad father, that will be a defiled offering. 
Remember the man who the master was doing business and he gave him a talent, gave him one talent. And the man says, I know you are a hard task master. You sow where you do not reap. That's actually many people's vision of God. God is a taker. So they see God as someone who comes to ask, to obtain, to receive where he has implanted. And if you see God from that way, guess what? You, will be, you have a defiled view. And God was speaking in this scripture. I do not drink the blood of bulls and goats. I do not delight in the death of pigeons. Today, God does not need your resources. He doesn't spend dollar or pound. God doesn't spend Japanese yen or the Chinese yuan. The treasures of the earth, every treasure on earth flows out of God's generosity. God does not come to man to populate his agenda. And he will not lean on the arm of man for what he wants to do. However, a few people will arise who will understand what God wants to do. And they will participate in his ownership. God has put treasures in the earth. And this message may not be for everyone. It may be for a few people who understand that God has put treasures in the earth. And he has given them to participate in the treasures that he has put in the earth. God wants to explore the resources of the earth. He wants men to mine the treasure rooms of the earth. But the people who have a revelation of who God is, who don't see God as a taker, who don't see God as an obtainer, are the people who are going to come into what God has put in the earth. Many people we think are blessed actually just have the opportunity of participation. Everything God wants us to do is what? That word, participation. God has put treasures in the earth, so I want you to partake of the thing that I put there. God has put riches in the earth, so he wants you to participate. Recently, I've been meeting a lot of interesting people, meeting really interesting people. I met a friend of mine, He's trying to build towers in a co-Atlantic city. And he has a vision to reverse medical tourism by building three hospitals, one in Lagos, one in Port Harcourt, one in Abuja. And this, each of these will be state-of-the-art. And already he started, so I know he's going to be able to do it. Do you understand? And guess what? He's using OPM, right? Yeah. So I won't explain that. Only those who know you know. Do you guys understand? There's a whole, while we are complaining about no money, there's a whole city growing behind Lekki One. A whole new city growing. A brand new city. We're complaining there's no money there, like about 20 towers coming in Atlantic. There are people building a whole corridor in the Lekki Axis. Construction is at its all-time highest. People are traveling from all over the world this way, while we are running as economic refugees to other countries. <laughs> what we're saying we cannot do better as a nation do you understand if we have God here then why are we afraid that it cannot be possible see I realize that some people may not understand this message but here's the thing maybe you understand it later God wants to find a people who he will call into the flow of resources that are being released in this time. I feel like the riches of Nigeria is still hidden. Hidden for a generation to arise. 
the treasures of Nigeria is still hidden because we think it's oil. There's a lot more in Nigeria. It's all still locked away until the righteous people arise and will begin to mine the treasure in this land. Righteousness is waiting and God is waiting for the sons of righteousness who are going to participate in the treasure mine of God. There is more coming. If you believe this, say amen. Amen. God, but, but the question is, can you see God like God wants to be seen, not as a taker, but as a giver? Can you see God like he wants to be seen? Over and over, God has put me in front of people who, and he's, God is, you know, the Bible says when you sit in front of kings, put a knife to your neck. Yeah. I'm not allowed to solicit. I'm not allowed to ask anything. I'm just allowed to just watch what God is doing. And billions are changing hands. Money is moving. In 10 years' time, come and see the whole of Ikoi will be full of skyscrapers. While we're still complaining, there's no money. New building projects are emerging. New construction areas are emerging. New ro- a new road is t- opening up. You understand? Things are happening. Even in Lagos, where we live, lift up your eyes and you will see. And this scripture said, God said, I am so rich, I don't need you to give me anything. I am so full, I am not coming to, I don't eat goats. I don't drink the blood of bulls and goats. I don't use Naira. The Naira you give to this church, guess what we do? We give it to Radisson. Do you understand? It's not, we don't take it to heaven. I hope some of you realize. You enable us to do our mandate and ministry here. So God, God is not even asking for that. So on a Thanksgiving day, like we think like, oh, we're going to say, oh, bring your money. Bring. No, that's not what this is about. This is actually about you getting a revelation of God the giver. The first offering you can give to God is a perfect view of who God is. A real revelation of God the giver, the one who owns everything. For your eyes to be open to see God the benefactor who pours upon men liberally, who gives to everyone. The Bible says God who gives bread to the eater, bread to the sower, bread to the farmer that he may plant and seed. No, seed to the farmer, bread to the eater will generously pour into you so that having all sufficiency, you will abound in every good thing. But guess what happens to us? Psalms chapter 50 verse 14 to 19. When your heart is lifted up and you forgot God. No, I think I have the wrong scripture. Did I get it right? Psalm 50. No. This is Deuteronomy. That is he who gives you power to make wealth. Where is this scripture coming from? Sorry? Deuteronomy 8, where? At 820. Deuteronomy 820. I think I have it wrongly written down. Let's start, but let's back up a little bit to verse 14. Deuteronomy 814. Thank you, Jesus. Deuteronomy 8, 14. Yes. Let's read this together. When your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt 
from the house of bondage, who led you through the great and terrible wilderness in which were fairy serpents and scorpions and thirsty land where there was no water, who brought water for you out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and that he might test you to do you good in the end. Then you say in your house, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Verse 19. And then it shall be, if you by any means forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and serve them and worship them, I will testify against you this day and you shall surely perish. This actually, either you have this or you have that. The thing is that many people, when they start in the corridors of this great power, where these games, where these war games or money games or business games are fought, you have to belong somewhere. You have to either belong to a cult, you have to belong to a power center, you have to be, they, you, you know, my friends will tell me that they've been invited severally to join a, a cult. Once you start coming to a measure of influence, people start asking you, like, where's your power base? Because people realize that along with the control of wealth is power, and that power has to be secured and anchored in something. Otherwise, tell me, what does pounding a two-day-old baby have to do with power? Do you understand? How, how does killing an innocent child and shedding innocent blood have to do with power? Why do, why do robbers have to rape after they finish robbing? Rape even babies and children. Why do they have to do that? Why do, you know, I think I was hearing from, an, uh, from a mother of one of us this week. She said that when in a time when they were used to do robbery in the estate where she was living, that if they came into the room and they saw babies, they would drown the babies in buckets. What does that have to do with the robbery? You've taken the money. Why do you need the baby who cannot even harm you? They have to do something dastardly to secure their power. It was the cult of power that they were worshipping. So, when this happens, guess what? God begins to speak. Where does your treasure really lie? Do you have this confidence in God that is God who releases resources? We have so many people who seem to be doing well. But when you check the antecedents, their power base is something else and not God. And God begins to write it in scripture. Be careful because I'm going to bring you into something. And when I bring you into that something, remember what I did for you. I brought you out of Egypt. I saved you when you were sick. I brought you from the world. I saved you from rubbish. I cleaned up your mind. I helped you to stand. I made you a different person. I put my laws in your mind. I healed you. I sustained you. I gave you power to do this. To humble you, I gave you the bread of angels which your father did not know. Many of us have tasted the miracles of God. We've seen God work and God is saying, after you've done this and you're coming to a place of abundance all of a sudden, you forget that it is God who gives you power to get wealth and that this is to establish His covenant. What's His covenant? That His people will always retain a blessing. 
that Abraham's children will always be blessed. Say, I am blessed. God is giving you wealth to establish his covenant that if you want hurting people release if you want if we want to double destiny trust we want to take destiny trust to every local government and get every child off the street we want to do something phenomenal then we will not be begging we will not be having quitnoses on our head. We will not be begging for money because there are people who understand that God gives them power to get wealth, to make sure that among His people that there's no lack. Can I ask you, who wants fathers who can pay school fees? Who wants, who wants mothers who are angry with their husbands? Who wants homes broken and crying in the home? Who wants young people who don't know their left from their right? Who cannot start a business because they have no capital? Who wants it? It's the devil. The devil wants people agitated, broken, hurting. Who wants people healed, enabled, empowered? God. Can I tell you something? Let's not get into the theology where we begin to embrace poverty as if it's virtue. Poverty is not virtue. And I'm not a prosperity preacher, and you know this very well. That's not what I'm here to do. But I'm here to shift your vision of God. I pray that you today you will receive the spirit of wisdom to understand God. I ask that you have a revelatory knowledge of God. I pray that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling. There are riches of glory that God pours out as an inheritance in the saints. God will unlock His exceeding great power towards us who believe according to the working of His mighty power today in your lives in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that some people here will step into something. I pray that some people here will step into divine doors. I pray that some people here will step into the agenda of God for their lives. That God will give you the opportunity to participate in the name of Jesus Christ. And the treasures, the treasures of this world, you will mind them in the grace of God. You will carry the power and the life and the DNA of God. In the name of Jesus we have prayed. Genesis chapter 13, verse 14 to 18. And after Lot had departed, the Lord said to Abraham, Now lift up your eyes from the place where you are, and look to the north and south and east and west. For all the land that you see, I will give you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if one could count the dust of the earth, then your offspring could be counted. Get up and walk around around the land through its length and its breadth, for I will give it to you. See, Abraham moved his tent and went to live near the oaks of Mamre at Hebron, where he built an altar to the Lord. You know, the day we're talking about building an altar, I read this scripture. Abraham was walking through the plains in the middle of the night. And he was walking through the night. Yesterday in the wedding, we we're talking about the meditation of Isaac. But these people meditated a lot. Abraham came out in the middle of the night, in the middle of the starry night, and started walking through the sandy shores of the beach. And there was nothing apart from the stars and the sand in the beach. And Abraham said, God, what will you do with me? Seeing I go childless, and Eliezer of Damascus will be in my head. What will you give to me, seeing that your promises in my life have not yet come to pass? What will you do with me, seeing that I've been believing you, believing you, believing you, and nothing has materialized? 
What will you do with me since I've been waiting for a husband and it hasn't yet happened? What will you do with me since I've been waiting for a wife and I yet haven't yet found someone? Abraham was going and said, God, what will you do with me since I go childless and Eliezer of Damascus will be in my hair? I will now have to give everything to this trusted servant. And God said to him, no, Abraham, no. Eliezer of Damascus will not be your hair. But one born of your loins will be your hair. One born of you, one coming from your spirit will be your hair. One born of one born from your loins will rise up in your place. I will. And Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for, for righteousness. Because the Bible says Abraham considered not the deadness of his body. Nor did he consider the, the fact that his wife Sarah was past menopause for many years and Abraham believed that that dead womb will carry child again and then the Bible says in the book of Hebrews Abraham believed God and he was counted to him for righteousness sorry in the book of Romans the Bible begins to declare that Abraham is a father of faith because he believed for the impossible what do you believe God for do you only believe God for possible things some of you are rational Christians who only believe for the things that is possible do you believe for the impossible Today is the day for the people who believe God for the impossible. What you can do is only possible. What you can do enters into the realm of God. And God begins to call up some people. Say, come and participate in divinity. Come and see my awesome work. Come and walk with me in wonderful ways. Come and see things that I will show you. And those who believe God. It was accounted to Abraham and Abraham has become righteous because they had obedient faith that when everything looks impossible and when there is violence in the land but when there is evil in the nation some people will dare to believe God and say out of the hardness of this ground God will move with me God will set up new systems for me God will build new corporations for me God will set up new factories new industries new places for me I will rise up in the architecture and build the next skyscraper in this city by the finger of God it is possible it is possible it is possible say amen but when everybody says it's impossible you rise with the glory of God and then it was accounted to Abraham that Abraham was righteous the Bible said in this place where we read that Abraham became blessed in cattle, in household, in lands. Up to today, we're still singing the song, Abraham's blessings are mine. Abraham's blessings are mine. Like, Abraham was so blessed. 1,000 servants in his house who could draw the sword. And God says, I will bless you. In blessing, I will exceed your expectation. Can I tell you something? This is the grace of God. This is not anything Abraham could do by himself. Because if you read this story before now, there was Lot. Lot took the good part of the land. In those days, if you wanted to live anywhere, the first thing you did was dig a well. If you hit water, it means that that place is livable. If you don't hit water, it means keep on moving. Because it was desert. Nothing will survive. So Lot, look at the land where, which, where it was green. And Lot chose that place. 
And Abraham said, no, let there be no fight because the Bible says they were both prosperous. Where did Lord get his prosperity from? From following a prosperous man. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, only one person is hearing me this morning. I, some of you are deep inside. I'm sure some of you are, can see the green grass. Some of you are imaginative people, I know. So you don't say anything. You're imaginative. You can see the green grass. You can see where Lot was looking at. You can see the other side. Blank desert. Blank. In that place, they had over thousands of cows. And Lot and Abraham said to Lot, Let, let's not be quarreling. That's where I learned to be a man of peace from. It was from Abraham. Whatever you want, you can have it. You want my house? Come and take. You want my car? Take. The only thing I may not give you is my wife and my children. <laughs> Nothing is worth fighting over. You want it, you can have it. I've left four businesses before. Just left them and walked away. And each time, I did better. I remember working with someone in Abuja without a partnership. And I was a technical guy. The guy was a business guy. And the guy just felt, oh, look at, look at a young guy, entrepreneur, I can use him. You know how many people have met people like that? Oh, some of you are all good. You don't meet bad people at all. <laughs> and after a while, I discovered this guy was just blocking the records. And then after a while, I couldn't sign anymore for anything. And then one day, he said something. I said, oh, you don't want me to participate in the business. You want me to work for you. But you came to me and said, let's do a partnership. Now you want me to work for you, right? So you can have the business. That's just the conversation. Move straight from work for you to you can have it. I will not fight with you. The, the guy could not believe it. He says, will you sign it? Will you sign that you want me to have it? I said, no. You keep the books like that. If you sign, it will be you who signed me out by yourself. I'm not going to sign you out, but you can have the business. My word is better than my signature. You understand? I walked away from the business. That's how I moved to Lagos. I actually moved to Lagos at the end of a business deal in Abuja. And in one year, I was helping develop an internet corporation with some Danish people. We took over the whole of Africa. I was working in 22 African countries, from Nouakchott in Mauritania to Mauritius in the Indian Ocean. I was flying business class from a small boy in Abuja fighting over a seven million naira company to this level. It was like between, the gap was like amazing. Every time you walk away from a fight because you know the ownership of God, God promotes you. So this message is not about fighting for your possession. Do you understand? Because many of us think that for us to prevail, we must fight. We must battle people. We must be in court. Many of us feel like that's actually how you win. No, no, no. Understand the ownership of God. Get a revelation of the fact that God he owns everything. And he wants you. 
to participate. He wants his children to participate so that he can build his covenant. But the ones who begin to participate, begin to touch things, complain about giving, complain. Meanwhile, God is actually trying to make you a host to a whole generation. But you're complaining, you're whinging about the small that you release from your hand. You give to three people, you announce on your whole social media, I'm such a generous person. I don't know why people don't, recompare, don't pay you back when you are kind to people. They're just so mean to you. Just, you have no revelation of the generosity of God. Oh, Abraham could trust God and go on a journey to a dry land. And in a short time, that dry land became a prosperous place. And Abraham increased so much. He had 1,000 servants born to him in his house who could draw the sword. I was saying yesterday at the wedding. So if he had 1,000 servants, men who could draw the sword, how many women and children did they have? I say at least 5,000. So if Abraham is moving, think about it. That's a whole town moving. That's a whole city moving. 5,000, 7,000 people moving. That's Abraham. That's how blessed he was. And he had to feed all these people every single day. Think about the, the wealth that the guy had to be able to run that economy in an agricultural economy. For Abraham, Romans chapter 4, verse 2, verse 4. For if Abraham was justified by works, he had nothing to boast about. But not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now to him who walks, the wages were not counted as grace, but as debt. If you are walking for this greatness that God was going to give to you, then it means it was debt. But if you didn't walk for it and God gave it to you, then this greatness is grace. Say grace. grace. Say it again, grace. Abraham believed God and this was accounted to him for righteousness. God gave him the opportunity to participate. How many of us has God come and said, you are blessed, you are amazing, I'm going to do wonderful things in your life but we don't believe. We are battling, we are niggling over little, we are whinging. Whinging is something that British people do a lot. They count the pennies. Have you ever been in England? You enter a bus, the bus driver will just be waiting, keeping up to 40 people in the bus waiting because you haven't paid 2p. Okay, let go of the 2p. Never. You don't have 2p. <laughs> Pastor Uche is giving the rationale. He says because it's not his money, he will pay from his pocket. But he doesn't mind collecting a little extra on top, does he? You leave your change. So everybody now whinges. Oh, you can't cheat me. Oh, my own is remaining small inside. God is generous. Have you ever seen rain fall? It just keeps on pouring. We're all begging God, please, please, God have mercy. He's generous. He's generous. Have you ever seen winter? It's winter in Canada. Some of you are running there. You will see winter. <laughs> you can wake up in the morning. The winter has climbed up to, uh, all the way to your door, door, door step. You have to push your door out and scrape gradually before you come out to your car. Some people will be locked in for three, four days. Generosity of God. <laughs> he doesn't pour small, small. 
if the sun begins to blast here God is generous He's generous He's abundant we shouldn't get a scarcity mindset God is abundant abundant <laughs> the offering the first thing God wants from us is what I said at the beginning revelation of God's generosity number two obedient faith that's what Abraham had obedience to believe God when God says a word the third thing the offering of blood God accepts offerings in blood God likes bloody offering God loves blood you know why blood points to Jesus Christ Blood points to the work that Jesus Christ had done. That's why God loves bloody offering. And now I'm not, I don't mean you should go and kill goats today and chicken. You know that we already, well, Jesus already paid the bloody, the bloodiest blood. So Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain through which he obtained witness that he was righteous God testifying of his gifts and even though Abel is dead he's still speaking how powerful is that this speaks after you are dead and gone the sacrifice of blood if you understand God you will understand that all God wants to do is to point us to Christ Point to the Son, your sacrifice. Point to the cross with your pain. Point to the cross with your issues. Point to the cross with your problems and everything. Point to the cross with your pain, your questions. Point them to your cross. Point your sins to the cross. Bring to the cross. Bring everything to the cross and there will be answers. God loves us to focus on the cross. Every sacrifice that has to do with us placing something on the cross is accepted. Every sacrifice that has to do with us crucifying something on the cross is accepted. Every sacrifice that points to the blood of Christ is accepted. The sacrifice is not the sacrifice of your intelligence. Many times, many people think it's a sacrifice of strategy God is looking for. Many times, some people think it's the strategy of the grind grind hard that they tell you work hard you must work hard if you want to win they say no give God the sacrifice that points to Christ talk about the cross talk about crucifying your needs talk about crucifying your wants your desires and then that will be the perfect offering and when we talk about the cross guess what the first person who dies on the cross is Christ the next person who dies on the cross is you. But God has decided to give you an easier option. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The cross you are carrying is a hollowed out cross. It doesn't have the weight of the cross Jesus carried. The cross you are carrying is what? A hollowed out cross. It doesn't have the weight of the cross Jesus is carried. You know why? Jesus already carried it for you. But he just says participate. Once again, participation is the, is the idea. So, he says my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What does that mean? It means that it doesn't have the same weight that Jesus 
carried. But God wants you to participate. So when you walk away from sin, you are pointed to the cross. When you walk away from seduction, you are pointed to the cross. When you walk away from that which men want to use to chain you, you are pointed to the cross. Whenever you walk away from, from corruption, you are pointing to the cross. You are pointing to that which gives life. You are pointing to that which gives health. You are pointing to that which declares the reign of God. I know this is thanksgiving, but I want you to bring an offering that God will accept. The first offering is you. The first offering you give to God is who? Say it's me. Oh, God doesn't want your money except you give yourself first. Give yourself first to God. Then your money will be accepted. Give yourself first to God. I present myself as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to you. To you, my God, I present myself to you. <laughs> if you want to give God an offering, be like Abel. Offer your blood. Bring your heart. Unlock your soul. Do not hold back. You know how somehow the whole idea of giving takes us to a secret place in our soul. We're judging it judging it so the only person who can really give God an offering that God will accept is the person who esteems God in that place where we judge so that's why the Bible says let every man propose in his heart what he will give because the Bible says where your treasure is there your heart will be the whole idea of money is heart so God says give me your heart or else I don't want your money you know how many people who do bad things think they can pay God? You know? I don't know who the most corrupt person is in Nigeria right now. Back in those days, we used to know him. He's, he's, he used to live in VGC, and everybody knew he was the most corrupt guy. He's not, he was in prison, and then we, don't, we didn't hear from him again. One of them who hushes is now in prison in the U.S. People like that think like, oh, they can buy men of God. People think like, if they come and meet me and give me a lot of money, I have, I have real needs, very many needs. And if I say yes, then it means that God has approved. No, you can't buy God. You can't buy God. God is not for sale. This, the terms and conditions doesn't change. The first sacrifice you give God is blood. What is blood? What's your blood? Your heart is your blood. Your soul, how you esteem things, what you think value is, is your blood. Because that's what drives you to go and work. And that's what God wants. Because until you see God as the owner of everything, you cannot offer him that secret part of you. You cannot offer him that locked up place in you. And we all have it. So whenever anybody finishes speaking to us, we go back and say, let me sleep on it. Have you, how many of you say that? What do you do? You go and have a conference call with yourself and meditate and turn the thing over and see what you will do. Because you sit on the throne. God says, give me your heart. There may be people here watching online or who will watch this later. Can I ask you a question? Did you really trust God? 
Can you shift your, your view of your offerings and see God as the owner and you as a participant in what God has released? God is looking for people to participate in his economy. If I'm going to preach this message and call it another name, I'll call it God's economy. God has treasures. He says, I have cattle on a thousand hills. I have goats, mountain goats. I have gold in secret places. I have, oh, there are people who understand the natural, the natural resource base of Nigeria and they will tell you what natural minerals we have. Before the 1976 indigenization decree in Nigeria, there were big tin mines in Jos and they were mining tantalite, many different types of precious stones. 1976 is not shut down. The, the, the mines are still there. Just that local people did not have the resource to continue mining. So froze from 1976. There's still treasure in the land. There are places in Nigeria you go, you scratch a little bit, there's gold. There are places with diamonds in Nigeria. This land is rich. Can you trust God to participate? Can you enter in with God, into a deal with God and say, God, I want to participate in the treasure. Can God trust you with the resources of this land? See, we're all journeying from the place where God will win us from small, small things that God can give us great things. There's greatness coming, say amen. Amen. This is not just about to make you give an extra offering today because today is Thanksgiving Sunday. This is not just about you throwing some few dollars in the account, but can I ask you, your house, your car, when was the last time you gave something like that to God? I remember when Hadiza and I gave out our car. Then it was our second car. We just bought a new car. And then I was just leaving. You know how you buy a new car and then you, the one that is running the house a lot takes that one and the other car stays for Madame who is mostly just taking care of children. It was not a bad car. But then the car started having problems. And the Holy Spirit said to her, this and I at the same time, give it out. And if you give it out, all the problems will stop. So I was about to give it out. I was about to sell it. I said, no, we're not going to sell it. Let's look for a pastor and give it to. So we give, we call the pastor in Joss and we had the car driven to him. From the day the guy got that car, the car did not go to the mechanic for three years. All the problems he was having with us, he had no problems at all. Which means we we're supposed to actually what? Give out the car. When was the last time you gave out a car and trusted God? I'm not saying this is why you give out a car. I'm actually just saying that you should see yourself as a treasurer of the kingdom of God. See yourself as a participant in what God has released. <laughs> See yourself as a as a as a access, someone who God gave access to. Like Lot hung with Abraham and became blessed. That's how many of us are supposed to hang around God and become blessed. Do you understand? Be blessed this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. I just want to break the yoke of oppression and poverty over some people. I just want to end the reign of winching over your lives, counting the pennies in your life in the name of Jesus Christ. You will participate with God who is a providential benefactor. God is benevolent. God is abundant. You will see his abundance in your life in the name of Jesus Christ. You will understand partnership with God. 
you understand that so many times God begins to call you to walk in financial obedience. <laughs> and finally, God calls you to offer blood. Any sacrifice that calls for blood begins to speak. Blood speaks. Blood speaks. Blood speaks. And the first blood that will speak is your blood. Offer God your righteous sacrifice of blood and your blood will begin to speak in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Every time you see God, every time your eyes see God, every time you get a good revelation of what God is like, every time you understand who God is, guess what you're supposed to say? What shall I render? If you see this abundance of the God who made the cattle on a thousand hills, if you see someone who is so rich asking you for something, do you understand? <laughs> How many of you have children? I, when I, when my, my children are now grown, I don't play tricks on them anymore, but you can tell I was it, full of tricks kind of dad. <laughs> so I'm the kind of dad who will buy a box full of chocolates and give to my child and then ask for one then you see the children dealing with something inside of them that you didn't give them. That's how many of us are. God gave you the box of candy. He filled you with abundance. He brought you through school, gave you education, gave you a roof over your head. But every time God asks you, you struggle. You struggle. You struggle. Can I release you guys from the struggle? all God is looking for is your heart your heart is all God is asking for who are the people who offer God their hearts this morning Lord I give you my heart I give you my heart I give you my heart that's all I offer to you receive my heart receive my heart receive my heart receive my heart take up your cross come on the journey with God Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I will give you grace to journey. I will give you grace to walk with me. I will give you grace for abundance. I will take you out to another place in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. What is the perfect offering? The offering of your heart is the perfect offering. Don't give to God anything except you give him your heart first. Keep your money back in your pocket. God doesn't drink blood of bulls and goats. You understand? Keep your money. Keep your money, please. Honestly, keep your money if you haven't given God your heart first. But if you give God your heart and you're participating in who God is and saying, God, you can have my heart. You can have my heart. You can have my heart. Then God wants you to realize that he blessed you first and he will never ask you for anything he didn't give to you first. Once you realize that God will never ask you for anything he didn't give you first, then you know it's an opportunity. And then you can say, we used to go to, we used to, go to God Bless Nigeria back in those days and area boys will come and meet us and say, hey, what shall I render? You know what they're meaning? Like, wow, you guys came to see us. What are we going to give to you guys? Area boys knew they were supposed to render something. How much about, how much about you? So blessed, but whinging. Say, I reject whinging today. Say it, say it. I reject, I reject, I reject poverty mentality. I just reject it. I reject whinging. I reject cutting the, no, I have abundance. 
have abundance. I see a river flowing through many lives. I see business opportunities open. I see factory doors open. I see towers rise. The people in this house, I see people discovering gold, minerals, the treasures of this nation. I see people step beyond their capacity. I see people come into their own new homes. I see lands. I see businesses blossom. I see doors open for God's children to establish his covenant and to bring his glory to pass so that corruption will not be the name of his house but that treasures will be brought forth in righteousness I see people bringing a good offering to God a blessed offering that he will receive as a sweet smelling incense I see people rise up in the grace of God in the name of Jesus Christ I see newness new beginnings new life new hope <laughs> new enterprises in the name of Jesus Christ and the Lord is pouring life into you this morning the Lord is renewing your hands some of you have struggled and toiled and labored and struggled today will break the cause of laboring and toiling in the name of Jesus Christ and we release you to abundance we release you to abundance that the grace of God will all of a sudden open divine doors over you and you'll prosper and increase and be multiplied in this land in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I pray that when we call for the Thanksgiving offering, you will give God your heart first before you give him anything. Never give money again. Give your heart first unto the Lord. Let your heart rise in worship of Yahweh. Let your spirit rise in worship of God. And then everything else will be yours because God is calling you to participate in his treasure room. Amen and amen and amen. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org.